Attack life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. We've got a special guest on with us today. Her name is Jody Jill. Jody, welcome, first of all. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Jody is someone that is the epitome, if you will, of what our show, Attack Life, Not Others, is really all about. I think the best way to start would be for Jody, for you to share uh, a little bit of, of your background. I've had the pleasure of talking with Jody before. I worked with her as I was producing another podcast, but you too, Tim, uh, with our listeners, are hearing this for the first time. I think you're in, uh, in for something very special. No, I'm looking forward to it, especially since we're talking about diversity and, and pushing through life. You know, I know we're all feeling it. We talk about it before, attack life, not others. It's, we're all feeling the pressure, and it requires um, a lot more of us to push harder to get where we need to go, and, and it, a lot of things get in the way. So we're just really, really you know, happy to have you on the show. Thank you. You grew up in Colorado as a young child. I certainly did. Let's start there. Well, I did. My parents moved to Colorado when I was very young. And when we moved there, they decided that uh, they didn't want to live in a regular house. So we lived in the storage unit. And the storage unit is like something you would see along the side of the road if you're on the freeway. You know how they have one door after another door after another door. They're like lined up garages. And that's, that's where we lived for over 11 years as a kid. And we were locked up inside. And when I say we, it was me. And in total, there were five five siblings, and uh, two of them were born, actually, at the storage unit. Unfortunately, because of the way things were, I didn't go to school, and I did not have, like, a regular upbringing like you see in the movies. I always am jealous of the people in the movies. Um, our upbringing was we sat in the dark for most of the day. We ate one meal a day. We went to the bathroom in a bucket, like those five-gallon pails. And we just kind of wondered what life was about. That's that's pretty much the upbringing. It's not very pleasant. There wasn't any exciting trips. You know, it was more along the lines of just being there, wondering what was going on. But in all of that, especially living in, in the dark a lot, I would be able to hear like things, like I could hear hammering we could hear jets we could hear the rats that were running through the cylinder blocks that went up and down because they were cylinder blocks that had holes and it was it's interesting that it was a very gray place but at the same time i had a lot of hope and faith that somebody would find us or something would happen and it has cast a shadow over my life as an adult in a very big way and it's a battle that i pretty much take on every day because you know a lot of people have like pedigrees and documentation and all this stuff of who they are and where they're from and all their friends. And I've got a storage unit. That's it. (laughs) Really all there is. So you think about um, life and stuff. And I had to stop thinking about where I've come from and start thinking about where I'm going to is, which is what I create, who I am, how I precipitate every day and how I want to make a difference in our world. And that starts with the very basic premise of making people smile. And if you can make someone smile, then I think I've done a good job today. And from that simple, very small seed, I've been able to move forward. And there have been a lot of pitfalls. There have been a lot of hills, a lot of valleys. But today I can honestly say to you that I've actually found my way through things. And I continue to fight, but I've become more comfortable with myself. I'm not that kid in the storage unit anymore. I'm a woman who's living in Los Angeles because that was my biggest dream, and I'm here doing that. 
So well, kind I, of is a short version. Yeah, it's a it's a short version. I know there's a lot more. I got to tell you, you've made me smile. Last we spoke was a couple weeks ago. So that was the first part of, of your life up until roughly 11 years old. Then you were homeless after that. By the grace of God, you were out of the storage unit or for one reason or another, but then you were homeless. And yeah, then in my early to, teens, I was. You had to learn how to read because you didn't go to school like you said. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm trying to paint the picture here that if anybody wanted to B-I-T-C-H and complain about life, I think you might be able to be justified, but yet you don't. You don't. Not at all. Well, I think but, we all have grievances. But it's it's true what you said. You know, you you think about it, and we all have our, our gripes. You know, we think about our parents a lot because they're supposed to be heroes in our life. They're supposed to be the ones that, you know, save us from destruction. They're supposed to be the angels flying over top of us, seeing our way in life, and then letting us go so we can spread our own wings and fly. What happens, it stays with you. Those early years, um, or those teenager years, all those years stay with you. They never go away. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, that particular time of life can, like you said, can ruin the present, the day that you're in, when it's your opportunity to live, when it's your opportunity to be that angel, when it's your opportunity to guide others. And that's the cool thing. That's what you're doing. You decided to look to the angel, not the devil. You decided to say, I, I need to go this way. I got a story to tell. And this story will inspire other people to say, hey, I, I don't have it that bad. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I got it pretty good and I'm going to make my own way. Because when you look at something in the back of your mind and you say, boy, and you keep harping on that, that can ruin the present day of what we have now. And you're exactly right. I agree 100 percent with you. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing because it's hard. And in this day and age, you know, when everybody is scared because we are, let's face it, world events and things that are happening around us. We tend to become closed up rather than going and expanding like you are. A lot of us are going more inward and we're grabbing onto what we have and we don't want to share what we have. And there's so much extreme negativity around us. It's very hard to find somebody positive that's willing to say, hey, I'll help you, even though they have as much to risk as you do. But they're putting their hand out and there's, you know, one in a million and you're that one. You're very kind. Very kind. Going back to the storage unit, you use the word gray. Um, I can see what you're talking about. Very gray and dismal and almost a colorless world. But the irony is now you're living such a colorful world. Tim, what do you hear this? I mean, she does puzzles. In fact, she has a website, Puzzles to Play. She's a creative person. She's not linear. We talk about that often. You've created like 11, 12,000 puzzles that are available online because you understand the, the meaning of words. Don't forget, you didn't know how to read. Yet now words are an integral part of your life and you make them a part of others' lives and they're able to get the joy out of those puzzles as well. As a result, <laughs> you got a monorail certification license. You're one of what, like 1,200 people throughout the entire world, which is not many, that can drive a monorail. I, I do know how to drive a monorail. Very exciting. Um, I think it's something I, you know, I always wanted to find out and how to do and being able to do it is amazing. It's just truly amazing um, that you can say you can. Share the story with Tim and our listeners about your epiphany you had all of a sudden. Like this was a goal you had, you achieved it, and then what happened? <laughs> oh, sure. Well, you know, seeing a monorail to me from Colorado was amazing because remember, locomotives and engines travel on tracks on the ground. 
So when I was younger and the first time I saw a monorail, my mind was blown. It was like, whoa, that's like a train in the sky. We have hit future. This is so cool. So it was something I'd always wanted to do. So going to the lessons and learning how to drive it and working through the issues and all of the things that come with it and being in the uniform, it was really, really exciting for me. And it worked for a while. And then, you know, I don't think a lot about things when I'm trying to like get through them. And and it was an interesting moment where I was working, I came home and keep in mind, I had to go across the country to learn how to drive a monorail because there's not many places in the United States or around the world where you can actually learn how to drive one. So I'm in Orlando, I am working on it. I go home, I get up the next morning and I'm like, Oh my God, it just goes in an oval. That's it. I can't go anywhere. (laughs) And that was the day that I, I was like, okay, it's it. I'm done. I've accomplished this and I need to move on. I'm out. That's <laughs> it. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I have a quick question for you. If I can just ask you a quick question. It really interests me. So all this happens and you seem to still, and this is, this is just for me. You seem to find a hope in the dark place. You seem to find light. Um, you know, at a young age, you said earlier in the interview that you were looking for, you know, courage and faith and that you would one day get out of this place. And then you get out of the place. And every dream that you seem that in this short time that I've just talked to you, never talked to you before, every dream that you put your mind to, you seem to just spot the spot like a laser beam. And then you always go there. And this is coming from a martial arts teacher that teaches a lot of children, young kids. And I tell them, try to make your brain focus into like a laser beam of what you need to accomplish and what you need to do. And you seem to do that in a second without a lot of help from your past. You seem to learn how to say, I want that. That's what I want to do. I'm going to accomplish it. And then you do it. How do you, how, how do you do that? Well, that's a really good question. I will say with the monorail, it was very foolish. I um, didn't apply till I got halfway to Florida. I was like, oh, yeah, I should apply to see if I can get into the school because I was just so bent on going, bent on learning. I think that everything that we want to do in life, and I have projects right now that I'm working on, in my mind's eye, I see what the project looks like. I envision myself dealing with it in a very positive way, and I envision the outcome. So when you put those three things together, you see it in your mind. Now, I will caution you, it never comes out like it's supposed to look in your mind. It comes out better. And if it comes out better every time, you will always be satisfied. So even if you just think about what's for dinner and what you would like, you vision it on your plate, and then at 6 o'clock something shows up, I promise you it'll be better. It's food you can eat. And that's really when you think about your projects and your life, that's, that's how I envision things. That's how I encourage other people to think about getting to their goals. There will be trials and tribulations. You will be kicked around unmercifully and you will have tears. But if you pick yourself up, you have not failed. If you lay down there and cry, you have. So you have to recognize that no matter how big your goal is, if you can see it, you can do it. And you have to believe that. And if you do and you continue to get up, you will get to your goal. We didn't even well, talk about the fact that you've skydived every year on your birthday for many years. You just live such a colorful, vibrant life now. And um, I love what you said about puzzles, how it's all about that first piece, that foundational piece. And then all the other pieces start coming into play. But you've got to start with that one piece. And that starts 
with a decision that you actively make. You've got to decide where you want to go backwards, maintain, or move forward. And you just seem to always move forward. I know you've inspired me in just the short time I've known you. And I hope, I know you're doing the same for our listeners. And I just really appreciate you coming on today and look forward to having you back again in the future. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks again. Me too. I always say, you know, aspire to inspire before you expire. And uh, those three words I think about a lot, you know, because we are on a timeline. And you've done that yeah. for me, and I know you've done it for the listeners as well. Thanks again. I appreciate it so much. Well, thank you. You're very kind. I, and I hope that, you know, everyone takes just a minute today to smile. Not at yourself, but smile at someone else, and you'll see it come back to you. It may be an hour. It may be later in the day. It may be tomorrow, but you will see it. And that you have to live like every day is your last. And if you do, and you keep going for it, you'll be so surprised at what comes your direction. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Creation, creation. Steve Mittman social media.com.